You're listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast with Jody Livingston and Chris Trent. Episode number 51. Middle school. Welcome to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast, helping you survive and thrive in youth ministry. And now, your hosts, Jody Livingston and Chris Trent. Well, hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the show today. Thanks for tuning in and listening wherever you are and wherever this finds you. Thanks for making this podcast today a part of your day. You can find me on the Twitter sphere at, at Jody Livingston and the Chris Trent. Hey, at, the new guy. The new guy at Chris Trent. All together. Yeah. And of course, over on the Facebook at The Longer Hall. All of the links and resources mentioned in this episode you can find on the show notes page at thelongerhall.com slash episode 051. It's thelongerhall.com slash episode 051. Fun stuff. This is the first one official. Well, I guess last maybe was the official, but first one together not giving an intro. Yes. Yeah, and we're going to talk about middle school ministry today. Yeah. Because yeah. you're a middle school pastor? I, that's what I do. And because we talked about way back in episode 36 that we would bring you, I would have you back on the show one day to talk about middle school partnership deal. The only way I was going to be willing to partner with you is if we could talk middle school at least one time. So we're getting it out of the way. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to do it out the front and get it out of the way. Uh, No, so I'm excited about this because I think this is a topic that um, isn't often addressed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, 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 you know, it's what I do. I I really do. I, I love middle school students a lot. Which is helpful. Yeah. And I know not everybody listening necessarily does. Some people tolerate. Here's here's my question before we jump in too heavy on this thing, Jody. Okay. Um, I know everybody listening is dying to know, what type of middle school kid were you? Oh, man. I was, uh, I was the uh, asthmatic. Were you? <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't be laughing at that. I was, I was, an email. No. My first camp experience was prior, just prior to middle school. My mom sent me to asthma camp. Oh, that's a thing? That's, that's an actual that's a, vessel? That's a thing. Wow. Okay. Cool. It was horrible. Like, it was in the woods <laughs> with everything that I was allergic to. You know what? The, I can't say what I want. Can I say? The modern day equivalent of that would be uh, gluten-free camp, right? Yeah. I guess. Yeah, that's my wife would go to that I know that's camp. a real thing. So, okay. Yeah, okay. Cool. My wife that's would go to that camp. Thing. Yeah. So, I was in a cabin with a guy who was above me who played Dungeons and Dragons, which this is like... A long time ago. So yeah. I was terrified. All he talked about was witches and warlocks. And I thought for sure in the middle of the night, Satan was going to come drag me away. It was pretty terrible. And I and I remember this guy with uh, coming in with two big five-gallon buckets with like cow lungs. You, you know, you talked about this in episode zero zero one did i because i'm trying to, <laughs> trying to See? work through all the episodes so, just yeah, so i can that feel happened. like i'm a real part of this thing and uh so when and, i got to middle so school i just li- <laughs> was terrible it was terrible <laughs> when i got to middle school when i got to middle school i was i was not an athlete i just moved so we moved my sixth grade year so i didn't know anybody and had no friends i was not athletic and you know i just had asthma attacks yeah. all the time yeah so sounds like middle school. It was terrible. Yeah, middle school is terrible. It was absolutely terrible. It can be hard, but I survived it. Yeah, and high school was a little better. <laughs> but you're glad it's all behind you. But I'm I'm glad I'm out. I'm I made serious. it out. Yeah, 
Yeah. What about you? Ah, uh, you know, um, I feel like all of a sudden I'm gonna be like Debbie Downer here all of a sudden. But you know, my parents divorced when I was in middle school, so obviously that played a huge part of who I was. But for me, it was the I was the kid trying to be popular. You know, oh, the, and uh, I was the kid like if a girl complimented me like on a shirt, like I would. You're gonna wear that shirt every day. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like I've got a picture of me in this white sweatshirt, short sleeve sweatshirt. Of course. What happened to those? You bring them back. Let's I'm just not. Saying. Let's never. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean that was that was me. My, my, I've got a, a middle school picture of me wearing an Indiana Jones hat because I'm a kid of the '80s, right? And with a white sweatshirt on, with two button '80s again, yeah. with buttons on. One that said "I love rock and roll," and the other one said "Chicago." Nice. But it was all about me just trying to feel accepted, man. So yeah, middle school, Woo-hoo. like on the scope of. Saved by the Bell, which I know wasn't 80s. I was closer to the Screech side. Oh, really? Yeah. Than to the, I mean, I didn't have the hair. Yeah. That's never been a thing for me. I think but I, I was wanted like, to I be the Zach, the popular kid, but I never really quite got there. I came close, I think. I with, I know, made friends. Yeah. Uh, I got in one fight. Yeah. And um, that was it. Mm. It was a good fight. Yeah. But it, but, and it was worth it. Yeah, so let's talk about why we love middle school now. Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it was, it was. I uh, do get that question a lot, you know, and this might be a way to start this thing. I, I, why middle school, right? Yeah. And like, that is a question. Because you don't have to. No, believe it or not, I have other options and I have other talents. Yeah. Uh, don't <laughs> say it. <laughs> you're about to say it. I know what you're about to say. Um, Magic trick. <laughs> you said, <laughs> you whispered it, but they could still hear you. Uh, why middle school? What, honestly, because middle school was terrible for me. Yeah. And and it wasn't completely. I mean, you know, it'd be an over exaggeration. It was traumatic, it was all terrible. But middle school's hard, and it's hard for most people that I know. Yeah, you know, it's not um, the best experience for most people. And honestly, that's one of the reasons why I love pouring in to middle school kids. Yeah. Um. You know. So. Uh, so yeah. I mean, I, I think it's definitely a group. And so for me, I was a youth pastor out in Texas full time for a while. You know, like almost eight years there where I had 7th through 12th grade, you know, internships and all kinds of youth ministry, other things prior to that, and, you know, different volunteer type or or Wednesday night leading worship type things. And I was in a worship band before worship bands were cool. Um, We'll tell you about that in another episode. Uh, But when I had the opportunity to come here to Johnson Ferry and just work with middle school students, um, it was a real win for me. So, because I love point in today's group so i'd love to spend a few minutes talking about what i love about them what i don't like about them yeah i think and i'd love to hear some of your thoughts on this stuff as well because you you work with middle school students and most people probably listening have both middle school and high school in their groups i'm guessing yeah um, and are dealing with both yeah well i think most people are probably uh just as you're saying that i'm thinking like if if people, if youth pastors relate more to high school, maybe it's because yeah. God did something pretty amazing in their high school years. True. Or their high school years were, you know, versus middle school or vice versa. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, for me, I really like upperclassmen. That's all. Because you can have real conversations with them. Yeah, we, had, we were just talking about that the other day. Yeah. But, like, that's where the Lord really showed up in my life. Yeah, totally. Out of an incredibly traumatic thing, God really... I mean, everything that yeah. my life has become was shaped out of that that, yeah. year, that time in my life. And 
Uh, so I, I would imagine that, I don't know, I never really considered that before, but I think yeah. that's probably. Yeah, I think it's true. I think for me, though, the reason middle school, you know, some of the biggest successes and biggest failures start with a lot of people in middle school. You look at people like some of the things they probably love about themselves formed in middle school. Yeah. Some things they don't like about themselves, bad habits started in middle school. You know, sure. I mean, so there's a lot, lot to that, except in youth ministry, we often give middle school our sort of leftovers there. Right. Uh, and we don't give them the best, you know, of our efforts. And so, and I understand a lot of that because I work with folks enough to know why that's tempting at times. But that said, I mean, I just think it's worth, it's worth talking about. And, and honestly, if, if anything, over the next few minutes, what we maybe talk about, I hope that I could maybe encourage you if you're listening and you are struggling, if you're just kind of barely getting by with these middle school beans that are in your group, maybe as a result of what we're talking about over the next few minutes, maybe you'll walk away just with a little bit more of a passion uh, for, for them. And also maybe a couple ideas on how you might could reach them a little better, you know? Yeah. So yeah. having a middle schooler in my house has been, well, now a few middle schoolers in my house. Yeah, totally. And right. my family yeah. have come through that has been really helpful. Yeah. My kid, my, my son's a junior now and my daughter's in eighth grade. So she's about to be done out of our middle school ministry, but I've had that same experience where I've had both of them and it's changed the way yeah. I think about that, you know, as well. So, um, okay. So let's talk about, I mean, why do you love middle school? Why I love middle school? Because here's a few things. Number one, they're not too cool for school. Some high yeah, school kids are. That's true. Or at least they are with me. You know, and no, that's true. Uh, not not all of them are, but they're they're not too cool for school. And and honestly, they they, they tend to appreciate you trying, uh, even if what you plan fails. Like so, even right. if you do like you know if you do a game on stage and it's terrible, um, they're not going to necessarily not show up the next week because your game was terrible. But they they're going to give you give you like a second chance. So, so I love that about them. They, they tend to have short memory spans when it comes to that stuff. I love, love, love their energy. I know that's the part that scares a lot of folks up. We'll, we'll come back to that, but just that energy, 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 man, is just huge. You know, like you think about how much energy they have again, can be the scary part, but in some ways it's incredible because yeah. they are just bouncing off the wall. Um, and I love the fact that they are experiencing freedoms for the first time. Right. You know, we we have an opportunity to pour into a kid's life when they're starting to experiment with choices and think about things for the very first time because they're giving they're, they're being given choices that they've never been given before, which is incredible. If you think yeah. about that opportunity to speak into their lives when they have the freedom to believe what they want to believe, do what they want to do. Because their parents are starting to pull back a yeah. little bit. Hopefully. So, well, yeah, yeah. That's a whole other podcast episode. <laughs> um, hopefully, yes. But in most, you know, most, yeah, you sure. know, and um, so that that's a real, I mean, I, I love that part. And just one other quick thing. I love, I love the fact that they have more time on their hands. Yeah. You know, um, it's, it, it's easier sometimes to get a group of middle school students. Is one thing I love about doing only middle school ministry over the last 13 years is just, their schedules are not quite as busy. Right. They don't have cars. So on the one hand, they're, you're, you're sort of reliant on their parents to get them from, from point A to point B. But once you get them, you've got them. Right. And, and that's a real, that's a real win. But of yeah. Course, yeah. No, I think that's, I think that's good. And, 
you know, even even as things seem to be getting busier and busier and busier, I do find that our middle schoolers are easier to get. Sure. You yeah. Know, they, they, they seem to be a little less complicated. Yeah. And of course, it depends on where you live and what your community's like. And, you know, I understand that. But generally speaking, you know, they don't have jobs yet and they don't, they just can't go when they want to go. So. Yeah, no, I agree. Okay, so those are the things you love. What are some of the challenges? Energy. energy. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that's what you loved. Energy, energy, energy. Yeah, I mean, I get, man, the, ener- the bouncing off the wall energy is the part that's terrifying at times, too. Man, you walk in the room, it's like, oh, my gosh. And I'm not going to lie, man, there, there are nights, Wednesday nights, Sunday mornings, you know, where I go, ah, I just don't know if I've got this in me right now, you know? Um. But I try to I try to thrive off of that and and try to build off of that. But I think the key is to embrace it. But man, it can be a real challenge. And sometimes it is hard to get them to shut up. It just yeah. is. You know, and I, I get that part. Sometimes it's hard to get a seventh grade guy to to think about anything. Yeah. Um it, it's a real challenge. Part of that is one of the other challenges though, it's puberty. Right. They literally are going through changes and their brains are just, and their bodies are just freaking out right now. And so as a result of that, that impacts all that, you know, every, all their chemicals are all out of whack and, you know, half the time you, you've got some kids maybe that are on some type of meds that are showing up on Wednesday night, but their, their, their meds are wearing off by then. Um, or or, or some, on Sunday, or where Sunday the mornings are where like, the parents give them a break. Yeah, it's and, uh, <laughs> they say we're not going to give you the meds for the weekend. Yeah, right. And uh, but you know what? I, I just try to I just try to remember, man. Like I try to remember and just embrace that, you know, yeah. and understand again. I see that as an opportunity. Yeah. To love them in spite of that, and speak into their life in spite of that. Yeah. With the hopes that there'll be one day later on down the road where they go, man, there was there was at least some people who loved me in spite of me being ridiculous. Because I think most of them, not all. But most of them will look back and go, oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. It was terrible. Or, you know? I wasn't that bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and, you know, challenge, they won't be quiet. I, I've said that kind of already, but they really won't. You know, at, at times there's just such a challenge. It's such a challenge to get them to be quiet. And, and I think along with that has come just, gosh, this sounds like a dad moment right here for sure. But something's changed. I feel like with teenagers where there's not as much respect for adults. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think that goes for our culture as a whole. Yeah. Yeah, you totally, know, totally, totally. We're so, just seeing it more, uh, you know, it, it I, especially with middle school, the values and the things that you're hearing and seeing in them are often not necessarily their own yet. Yeah. 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 So it seems to be a little more telling of their environment, their culture. Yeah. So with that, you know, and here, and this would be another challenge, you know, and there's probably a ton more, but uh, one of the challenges I think that is probably the biggest challenge, but also biggest opportunity at the same thing at the same time, would just be the fact that they're questioning their faith for the first time. Yeah, uh, you've got to think, man. These kids, they they've grown up in maybe if if they've grown up in a Christian home, and that's an if, but if they have, they believe what mom and dad told them to believe. And if they're compliant type kids, they especially believe that. And I'm not saying their faith's not legitimate because it can be, but all of a sudden for the first time there, they're starting to go, man, what do I really believe about Jesus? What do I really think about this? Again, 
that's real challenging because they're not the compliant little kids anymore that they were in third grade, you know, but what an opportunity. And yeah. I don't think we need to be waiting till ninth grade to tap into that, you know? No, if you wait, you know, you almost run the risk of being in too late. And I think, and I, I, I've said this before, and maybe you would disagree with me on this. I'll let you know. This will be fun. <laughs> I think maybe the most important uh, years of a student's life in their, regards to their faith is ninth or 10th grade. And the, and the reason I say that is because of what you're saying, like early in, they're questioning a lot. They're beginning to question a yeah. lot. On the back side of that, you know, 11th, 12th grade, now they're driving. Now they've got jobs. They're already starting to fill out college stuff. They're already looking ahead. Yeah. And I find if God doesn't really show up in ninth or 10th grade, it's not that he can't or that he doesn't ever. I mean, I'm a product of him showing up later, but it's rare. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I think it's a really good point that you're making in the sense that if we don't maximize those conversations early before they get to that ninth or 10th grade year, where maybe now developmentally they're really beginning to think abstractly, I think, and 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 I think so many times we push that down the road, you know, too late maybe, and then we're reacting rather than kind of preparing. Um, but I definitely see that. Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. Well, I I think maybe what I could do just spend a few minutes, Jody, if it's okay, I'd, I'd love to just talk about maybe just some tips, I guess. Yeah. On what to do, you know, with the middle, because here's the thing. Probably everyone listening, there might be some high school pastors listening, but most everybody probably has middle school kids in their group. So what do we do with those? You know, what do we do with them? Um, I'd like to say this, you know, start here, start, start here. And, and number one is just believe what God believes about, hmm. you know, and if you look at scripture, I love the fact that the Bible is full of these amazing stories where God used, literally used like middle school age kids to do life-changing really world-changing type things through you know so you look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego they were very young Um, you look at Mary probably middle school age whenever she was informed she was going to be Mary mother of Jesus no pressure no pressure there I love that part where they forget him by the way yeah that's awesome he's a middle school kid by the way yeah it's kind of interesting we get Jesus as a baby we get grown-up Jesus, and then we get just a brief moment there in middle school Jesus, which is kind of cool. Um, so all these, though, incredible, incredible stories, and there's lots more we could literally. I mean, David was an only king. as a middle school-age kid, uh, and for mo- most likely, I mean, that's what we, we think his age was. So I think that says something about what God thinks. God doesn't write them off. Now, the world writes them off. Yeah. People write them off. They're in middle school. Even their name, middle they're right. Not, they're the middle child. They're middle. They're right in the middle. Right. So they're probably middle middle children going, no. So uh <laughs> but uh but yeah, I mean I think start there. Just believe believe what you know, believe what God believes about them. But then I would say this um if you're in, if you're responsible for leading a team of volunteers, so if you're a youth pastor listening and you're responsible for for leading a group of maybe youth workers that are teaching them on Sunday mornings or helping lead them on Wednesday nights, um, just make sure that the workers are prepared. And this might mean that you don't give them 
the the least of your youth workers. Right. Not that some workers are least, but they are. And I mean, but but often what we we do is we say, man, this is like my a player youth worker. He's been doing this. She's been doing this forever. Well, Jody, where are we going to put that worker typically? With the seniors. Right. I happen to put them with the seniors. You know what I'm saying? Let's, let's put them with seventh graders. If they're really amazing, let's put them where the kids are, you know, building that strong foundation. So I'd say um, start by just start by taking your youth workers and making sure they're prepared and also making sure that you're not just putting them in there just to help keep the kids quiet on Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights or keep them out of trouble, you know, but make sure that they're actually prepared to take them deeper because that part is going to be huge. You've got to set yourself up for success in that moment. And if you just put a babysitter in there, they're just going to babysit. So how do you, because we talk a lot about building teams, volunteer teams, how do you convince somebody to work with middle school? Yeah. Yeah. You bribe them with money. And candy? No, you give the kids the candy. Right. (laughs) So, um, let's see here. So I would say, how do you like, let's say you're, you've got somebody that you think would be great yeah. to work with your middle school kids. Yes. How, what's your pitch? Yeah. Yeah. I think it has to start with the fact that I genuinely like and love and respect and value them. And I know that sounds like what I'm supposed to say. Um, and obviously I'm doing this by choice only middle school now. But it has to start with that. Like you have to be able to create, and you have to believe that there can be more accomplished than you just survived this year. Right. And then if you start to, if you start to paint a picture, if you start to cast a vision, there's going to be some adults that buy into that. If you start to help them to understand, look, I know those seventh grade guys are the ones that everybody doesn't want to be around. Nobody wants to be around those guys. Or those middle school kids in general, you know, they're the ones always bouncing off the wall. But if you help them, with the, if you can help people to understand, man, some of the biggest decisions of those kids' lives are happening right now, and you have a chance to influence that. Wow. Yeah. Some people, not all, some people will start to catch that vision and go, man, that's, uh, yeah, I'd much rather do that than to clean up. Again, I'm not, I'm, I'm very pro high school kids. I love hanging out with high school kids as well. I do. No, I do. I do. I do. You have one in your home. Yeah, I have one in my house. Um, But, you know, with high school kid, a lot of times you're cleaning up or trying, you're you're in preventive mode there. Right. No, yeah, that's true. You know? And so in middle school, you're, it's like a blank, almost a blank canvas there where you're getting to sort of start from scratch uh, and pour into that. So I think that part's huge. Well, I love that you're saying recruit on vision, right? Because I think what we do often, and we, again, I've talked about this before, but. So I don't want to rehash it, but too often I think we recruit on need. Oh, oh, we, sure. I really need somebody to work. I gotta have. Gotta have. If we don't gotta have this, have, then man. we can't. We're yeah. not going to be able to have this middle school thing yeah. if we don't have adults. Yeah, and that's bad. Yeah. So, and I would say this, you know, just that we could again, we could have a whole. I think you probably have done some podcasts on recruitment, but part of part of the whole recruitment process has to be number one, it's a year round, so year round year round process for you. Uh, but that you're just constantly kind of thinking through and casting vision for folks. But, yeah. um, but in that, just casting vision, helping them to understand, you know, the importance of it and just not settling, you know, it's okay to say to some people, yeah, you're maybe, maybe you're not wired for youth ministry. Yeah. Um, but then again, trying to really, for some of your better workers, put them in 
And that was what, man, when I was going and doing DNALs as like a DNAL leader, you know, on the weekend, uh, once I became like a youth pastor, professional youth pastor guy or whatever, they would say, oh, we'll put you with our seniors. And I'd go, mm, how about your seventh grade guys? <laughs> right. I'd rather pull my life into that than to deal with, you know. So and it's just, honestly, just kind of the way I'm wired. So it's kind of part of that. We'll talk about teaching and Bible study for a minute with middle school kids. Sure. That can be a real challenge. Um, number one, I think you just got to make sure that you're preparing well. Um, not just you as a youth worker, teacher person, like if you're a youth pastor teaching on stage uh, kind of setting. But uh, but making sure your workers are prepared for that as well. And we talked a little bit about that. But but just focusing on excellence and remembering that they don't need to just get the leftovers. Um. I do think it's important to understand, though, that due to the fact that middle school kids, their brains are a little different. You know, they're they're going through all kinds of funky weirdness there, that they need kind of a multi-sensory approach, if at all possible. Um, and I think they need commercial breaks, yeah. honestly. Uh, we're in a pattern now where on Sunday mornings we teach and talk, teach, talk, teach, talk. And what I mean by that literally is like I will teach a lesson, and I would even ask my teachers to teach, 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 but then stop within 10 minutes and, and talk about what you're talking about for a few minutes and then teach, 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 and then right. uh, jump back in there. I think that that just helps because their brains are just wired that way. And re- realistically, we know that the technological world that we live in with kids and the commercial breaks that they're dealing with, the interruptions that they're having, that they're just for them to sit there for 25, 30 minutes and listen. Woo. Like that's hard for a high school kid. Yeah. It's hard for me. Honestly, it's hard for you. Can you do it? It depends. depends on who's speaking. It depends on who's speaking. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I just think you gotta, I gotta get, give commercial breaks where you can, you know, and um, make sure it's applicable. Yeah. Well, make we sure even that- we even do that with our even with our college um, students, where and and it's maybe for a different reason. We find there that it's really hard to get any type of feedback because we're just, I think, culturally, we don't, we're more. Uh, introverted now we seem to be at least moving more and more that way or um, seems to be more prevalent and so if you ask a question for a response there's no one especially the, with a fairly large group nobody's really going to respond yeah. so what we've done is tables and said hey as we're planning out the, the, our the lesson we've got them at tables and we're saying hey take a couple minutes i want you to discuss these questions at your table sure and then asking the table to share yeah. They don't mind ratting out what their friend said. Yeah, totally. You know, and but it's kind of the same thing, just chopping that up. It's been really effective for us, actually. Yeah, yeah. And with middle school, what I would tell you there is you've got to work hard at making sure your questions are good. Yeah. Now, do you have adults at every – do you do tables? or you We do kinda, tables, yeah. Do you have adults at every table? I do. And are, the adult is the one – You're is it master teacher? So you're kind of like teaching teacher and then the, you have adults. It's not the only way I would do it. Even if I were in a Sunday school, traditional Sunday school setting, though, I would morph into something similar to this if I could. Sure. Uh, and where I would try to help teachers understand, okay, you've got them for the hour, but you can't just get up there and talk for 45 minutes. Right. Yeah, you got to be able to discuss that. Okay. Totally. Yeah. I'm I was just sure. trying to figure out, because you're not leaving them to the wolves to discuss. No, gosh, no. You've got folks helping, too. No, and you got to also not realize you can't ask a question and give them 15 minutes to answer a question that's going to take them about two minutes to answer. Right, because they're going to find something else to do. Yeah, 100%. You know, and so, but even the way you craft the questions to where they demand actual answers. And even use little tools every once in a while where you maybe say, hey, everybody grab a piece of paper, write down the answer to this so that, and then now talk about your answer around the table. Yeah, why did you write that? And down? an apparent everybody can, or whoever's teaching in that moment can say, hey, what did you write down? What'd you write down? What'd you write down? 
So, uh, so yeah. Um, just with that whole under that under that topic though of teaching and Bible study, um, the application part is just huge that can come out in that. But even the way you're teaching, I think you have to remember that they don't think uh, abstract; they mm-hmm. think concrete. So therefore, you can't simply say, "Hey, you know what? You really should love your neighbor." Because when they think, when they hear that, they think, "Wait, you're talking about that creepy guy that lives next lives next door because he's weird." Right. Um, when you mean, "Hey, I'm talking about the person." That's a locker beside you, or that's in your English class. So you have to say, you need to love that person that has a locker beside you. You know, so it's all about those moments of just making sure that you're really focusing on an application that's clear. Um, that part's just huge, I think. Yeah, yeah. and and no. it's challenging to teach that. When I think honestly, honestly, I think one of the biggest challenges, one of the reasons why we have such an aversion to middle school at times, is that it's harder at times. Not not all, not 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 all, because uh, I don't act like oh I'm doing the hard stuff. No, I don't mean that, but I do think there are parts of it that are, are extra challenging. Well, you have to be more intentional for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, totally, you have to be way more intentional. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I spent a lot of time talking about that whole teaching Bible study thing. Be careful about not stepping on landmines of you know because it's hard to get them back. Obviously, uh, let them ask hard questions. I think all that stuff's huge. Yeah, but, uh, yeah freedom for them to ask they get, feel yeah, safe man. to ask those no questions doubt. no doubt um missions do you do uh do you do middle school yeah missions? so we what have uh school kids we take them to dc area sweet yeah so we do we do separate so our middle school and high school missions are the same week so uh, i will lead one have volunteers lead the other depending on where we're going in the year um and then our college does separate stuff as well those guys are going for like a month yeah, yeah. Um, in the summer, and it overlaps, so sure. they kind of catch our groups get to where they are. At least this is right now to this point. Although I think this is going to be changing in the uh, in the coming year or so. Right now, our groups show up with where the college are the last week that the college students are there. Gotcha. So, and then they come back together. We all come back together, which is really cool. Yeah, it is. actually works really well for us. Yeah, yeah. I think w- one thing that I would say across. You know, when I talk to other youth pastors, I think that typically, again, I know you're going to expect me to say this, but I think typically middle school kids are underestimated. Uh, oh, yeah. When it comes to what they can actually bring to a mission field. You, know, table. you want to know something that will surprise you? No, talk to me. I, I, mean, yes, I do want to know something. You just said that. no, but I'm going yeah. to talk to you yeah. anyway. Yeah, good. <laughs> I was actually a middle school team director oh, yeah. for a while, a long time, and ran middle school after school programs. Sweet. Working exclusively with middle school kids. There you go. You're so a middle school guy. I don't hate them. I, 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 I didn't. Nah, I but I feel like you're judging them. me. No, I don't think you did. I'm not judging you. I love uh, them. I'll judge you later. Uh, so, uh, well, missions, I, what we're saying, I do think that people underestimate them. Yeah. I think they can handle way more. I just think you have to be careful about some things. I need to make. I think you need to make sure your location is middle school friendly, you know, that they can actually do what. But I will say this. I would probably put a middle school kid on top of a roof with a hammer before I would put a junior in high school. I know it's controversial to say that, not like in a major way controversial, but honestly, man, I just, some, some middle, some, some juniors I know that they just don't care about what the rules are, you know, but like with, uh, with middle school kids, man, like I feel like it's one of those things where at least you can set some clear guidelines, you right. know? And uh, most middle school kids I know, man, if you give them a clear task, they will they will work at it, you know. They you may have to keep them on that task, right? 
I'm not saying it's like super easy, but I'm saying though that here's the other thing, man. If you're out there actually doing mission work where you're sharing the gospel with somebody, like you can tell a kid, hey, will you go witness to that tree right there? And they'll go witness to the tree. Yeah. So, okay. I love that part. We went. Part. First year we were. They're not like, oh, I don't want to go talk First to year we were in D.C. Yeah. Okay. We did. Uh, we worked with the church plant there. And um, it's a suburb of D.C. But um, So we would go do prayer walking in the mornings through some of the neighborhoods okay. and communities. And then in the afternoons we would do some door-to-door and inviting uh, to a block party. And then we had a big block party on the weekend uh, on Saturday for the for the community there. And we did some other things, but those are some of the things we we're doing. If you, at the end of the week, I'm asking the kids, hey, what do you think was the, what was your favorite part? I'm thinking block party. Yes. All, 100%. Okay. Yeah, yeah, totally. They said door to door. Door to door. They loved it. Yeah. In yeah. fact, when I found out later is they were actually, the leaders that were with them were struggling to keep up with them because mm-hmm. they were racing door to door. Door to door. Yeah. Because they yeah. wanted to get to the next door. And it was awesome, man, because they were saying, like, you know, we prayer walked to these neighborhoods in the morning. We felt like we already knew them when we got there in the afternoon. Yeah. Or in the evening. And uh yeah, and here's you try to do that with the high school student. And here's Jody, here's if there's so this would be like a you know, if there's a moment where I'm gonna get up on like a little preaching post here, here it is. In that moment, we have to believe that God can actually use them. The same way he can use a high school kid or an adult or you or me or a pastor. That God can literally, through the Holy Spirit, through a middle school, seventh grade, goofy boy that you can't keep in his seat on Sunday mornings, standing in Washington, D.C. at an apartment door. That if God chooses in that moment to allow the Holy Spirit to work through that kid and help that person come to an understanding of what it means to trust Christ, that he can do that. And he does. Yeah. Uh, we take our kids to Dallas, Texas, uh, seventh and eighth graders, and we do apartment ministry there. And we've been doing that for a little over 10 years now. And what I can tell you with certainty is that I've heard story after story after story of kids leading people to Christ. And it's not just like they just are doing this kind of cheesy, hey, do you want to believe in Jesus? You do? Okay, check one. You want to believe in Jesus? You do? Check number two. But they tell these stories of conversations they've had with people, and it's like, wow, the Holy Spirit was a part of that. That's unbelievable. That's incredible. Yeah. And we have to believe that. And I think if we start to believe that about middle school you know, kids, that's going to help us to tolerate you know, the crazy. Yeah. It helps. No, I totally agree. It helps. Uh, um, and, you know, even, even now, we still do that same similar ministry model. On that, on those trips, and every year it's it's the same. Yeah, and I mean we we expected them to do it. We didn't just give them a task. Totally. We expected them to do it and do it well. Um, in fact, the block party. So we, we take one of these kids years ago. We we take this kid to the block party, and um, one of those medication situations we we're talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. His parents mm-hmm. said, "Gonna give him a break this week because oh, on that great on mission trip." Yeah, of course, and. Uh, so we we give we give this guy the task of being in charge of the prizes. So he's gonna give away the prizes of the block party. And so uh this kid had kind of just gone hard all week long and hit a wall about Thursday. Okay, so about so about Thursday he's he's just hit the wall. And uh so we get to the block party on Saturday night and 
Okay, you're Chris. You're in charge of the. Uh, his name is Chris. No offense. Uh, you're in charge of the prizes. So he's over there. He's got his little thing. Kids are supposed to. Come. I look over, and he's laying on the grass asleep. And the mm-hmm. prizes are just sh- strewn about, and the the neighborhood kids are just going to town, man, on the prizes. Right? <laughs> They're just going. To, so I go over and I'm like, Chris, what are you doing, man? Like, you got to get up. You're in charge of the prizes. They're they're taking yeah. the prizes. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just really tired. <laughs> you know, I just wanted to rest for a minute. Yep. And uh, so I get him up and say, okay, stay in the chair. Stay in the chair. You guard the prizes. This is a great task for you, right? <laughs> and so about 10 minutes later, I walk back through and I look, and Chris is in the chair. Yeah. Asleep. Again. Holding the prizes now yeah, in his lap. Yeah. And like there, around him is like this posse of children Ooh, that are like for the right trying one. to figure out how how to get their prizes without waking without him, up. him up. And ah. uh, it, was, it was awesome. Love it. Gosh, man. I love middle school stories, man. It was a good story. That was a great. I, I, I mean, that was years ago, and we still laugh about that. Yeah, totally. He also burned his hand pretty badly mm. because we they yeah. decided to do like a pig roast for us. Oh yeah, of course. So they dug a big hole. Yeah. Built a fire. Yeah. Wrapped a pig in wet burlap, threw it in the hole on top of the fire, and then covered it up for a few days. Then they dug it up yeah. and pulled it out. It was amazing. Yeah. It was like Let this kid grabbed onto it before. We was. said, "Don't touch! Don't, don't go in the <laughs> hole! Don't touch anything!" <laughs> right? My wife walks away. Thirty seconds later, I hear somebody screaming. Yeah. And he reached down to pick up a rock from oh, inside the fire that had been in like yeah. coal, basically. Yeah. yeah. Immediately blisters. Ooh, nice. Yeah, it's freaking out. Well, you'd like to think they learned, but they didn't. No, no, that was earlier. That was before the falling asleep at the thing. Yeah, totally, totally. Well, I love that. I, I actually, and that's one thing I would say, is try to embrace those stories. Yeah, the wacky, the crazy. I've got a ton, and I'll, they'll probably come out over the years as we're as we're doing this podcast thing. But, um, I actually look back on all those things with great fun. I mean, because here's the thing, dude. If I look back at me, yeah, good night. I've done some. I, I did some. I did some ridiculous things. Um, but yeah, man. But missions, man. Do it, do it with middle school kids. Don't leave them out. I'm okay yeah. with growing in. I don't think I don't think they have to do everything. And we again, I think we'll probably talk about this some as, as we go along as well. I don't, you know, every kid in our group doesn't do everything. As a matter of fact, you heard me say a minute ago, we take seventh and eighth grade at Dallas. We don't right. take our sixth graders to Dallas. Yeah, uh, we let kids kind of grow into different things here at our at our church. But um, but missions, man. Do you do grow. anything for your sixth grade? Yeah, we've done a we've done an overnight thing. We're changing it this year. We're actually going to do like a one day type cool. experience where we do some stuff here locally in Atlanta and work with a couple organizations just to do some local stuff. But yeah, cool. But yeah, but because we do want to do something. Yeah, and it'll be good. It just won't be load up on a bus and go to Dallas. That's a long way on a bus, man. It's fourteen hours. That's good. I love bus ride. Once you get on the bus, man, you just chill. I love it. So, all right, let's jump into this before we run out of time, bro. Okay. Okay. Making middle school and high school separate. This is the one I've been waiting for. You've been waiting on this one? Yeah, because I knew it was coming. Because we've talked about this before, and I just kind of let you yeah, well, speak. Well, you can push back on me a little bit. Let me tell you what I'm I'm saying and what I'm not saying. Because um, I do understand here. I, you know, I'm at a church. Let's be fair. Well, I'm, I'm at a church where I can be a middle school pastor only, and not everybody listening is in, in that same situation. And some people listening are in a situation where they're just trying to Keep their head above water. I understand yeah, that. Sure. I've lived that too. I'm not living it currently, although 
even within the context of middle school ministry, I got to tell you that I'm still trying to keep my head above water. It's just with middle school only now. Right? Sure. Um, what I'm not saying is that every middle school group, every, every youth group needs to go in and just blow everything up and separate everything because I know that that's not practical. Right. What I am saying is where possible and when possible have some things that are middle school focused and some things that are high school focused and believe that it's worth it. Um, when possible, try to have middle school and high school, Sunday school type Bible study type moments separate so that whoever's teaching can teach directly to middle school and whoever's teaching high school can speak directly to high school. Uh, when possible, do some events, even the cheesy, trivial type. We're all going out to CC's Pizza after church on Sunday night moments. Have some things like that where middle school do one thing and high school do something different. Um, because it allows middle school kids and allows high school kids to be who they are. Sure. And that's one thing I love about having groups. And, I, and, and if all of a sudden I end up getting called to go to a church at some point, you know, where, where the, the group size is different and I've got 7th through 12th grade or 6th through 12th grade, I'm going to do my best to separate that group some, according, obviously according to the context and where I'm serving. I'm going to try my best to split that group some. So that word split's a terrible word. Yeah. Because the church world split, you know. Launch. So, yeah. Well, you know, just divide out whatever you want to use there, but but allowing middle school kids to act like middle school kids. Because yeah. often you get them in the same room, man. A middle school kid, they're trying to act up like, yeah. you know, to what a high school kid might want so they don't feel free just to run around and play and be goofy. High school kids are kind of like, oh, the middle school kids are in the room, whatever. And you might even lose some older high school kids as a result of them being in the room. Because they don't want to be around seventh graders or whatever. And I get that. Yeah. So when possible, have some moments. It doesn't have to be. And I think too often when I say make middle school and high school separate, people hear me say that, that like all or nothing. And that's not what I mean. Sure. What I do mean is when possible and in specific areas in in the context of your youth ministry, uh, try your best to make some things separate. Yeah. You know, just so that so you can divide that puppy out a little bit. I think some of that, I agree. I don't disagree. Um, I think some of that also lends to the culture that you're in. Okay, so 100%. like um, if you're in a smaller community, yes, which is more of a family type community, smaller church, it's maybe not as big of a deal for your middle school and high school to be together in the same room. Like they don't feel weird to be yeah. that way. I, I still say there's advantages and I agree with you that you need to find moments to let them be who yeah. they are. Um, I think one of the things that we've always tried to build is a culture where our high school students recognize that there's value in the middle school. Sure. And vice great. versa. Yeah. Right. That's and that, that they're not just there because they have to be. You know, like we want our high school students to model for our middle school students. I think everybody wants that, right? Model for our middle school students, what that looks like. We want our middle school students to see our high school students and be around them so that they can see what is to be and, and have something to look up for, too. So, um, so I, I like to hear, I like what you're saying as far as like 
um, being intentional there and having moments where they can be each other. I think there's value also in having opportunities where they're not separate. separate. I mean, I don't know what those are probably going to look differently in each, each culture, but like for us, like our small groups are all divided. We actually divide them out. Um, we don't do master teacher. They're all in groups and we try to divide them by grade. Yeah, of course. Um, and that works for us, but we've not always done it that way. But that's for right now where we are. And in previous churches, that wasn't even an option because I did, you know, maybe they only had 15 kids or less than that. It's pretty hard to do. Uh, a, a group of two is small. That's a very small group. And, you know, I know where two or three are gathered. <laughs> yeah. Out of context um, is that thing. But that's not the goal. So um, I think there are moments where you need to treat them separately. I think for us, the mission trip is one of those. Yeah. We do our group, our small groups, um, obviously, are separate. We do we do some separate activities, but not all of our activities are separately. For us, camps all together. Yeah. Uh, but even in camp, like share groups, split. Right, obviously, cabin assignments and everything. So, room assignments were split. Well, you say obvious, and I would say that not everybody. That's not obvious to everybody. It wasn't to me early on. No, but it should be. It should be. And honestly, a little bit of this come, you know, as being a parent, I've learned a little bit of this. I, I never really thought twice about putting a seventh grader and a twelfth grader in the same room in a cabin at camp. But I will tell you now that there's no way. That yeah. I'm doing that as a parent, I can tell you that I feel like I owe it to parents to help. You know. Because the potential for exposure and all kinds of weirdness there is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but, you know. Just That's think, just not a conversation you want to have as a youth pastor when you get back of why their kid is suddenly asking about all these things that they. That a high school kid's thinking about. Yeah. Or, you know, um, that they're, you know, that they're hearing. It's not, they're not a good situation at all. Um, so I think it's super important that you, again, where possible. And I used to say, oh, man, there's a huge difference between a 7th grader and a 12th grader. What I can tell you now is there's a huge difference between a 6th grader and an 8th grader. Right. Huge. So definitely where, again, where possible, for me, it's just, you know, kind of have moments of separation. Especially where there's, and maybe a good way to think about that would be where there's potentially moments of influence. Right. But even if you think about just the way you teach on stage, like depending on your topic, you know, the way you speak to a middle school kid is different the way you speak to a high school kid. Even the abstract versus concrete thinking thing alone yeah. uh, impacts that. And But including topics, you know, um, you want to talk about like what you're going to do with the rest of your life and making good decisions as you get close to going to college? Well, a seventh grader is like, what are you talking about? That's five, six years away from me. Right. Um, when you talk about sexual type issues, or if you talk about pornography, you can't talk about pornography in a room with seventh graders are exposing them to that. And I'm not saying no seventh graders are struggling. I know that some are, but there are a bunch in your room that are not. Right. So that's where, that's where, again, for you to have moments where possible, but then also just in the fun things. And one thing I'm huge on is having fun, man. Like youth group should be fun. Middle school should be fun. High school should be fun, but allowing those fun things to be separate, yeah. you know? Um, and also for them to build tradition, and maybe even making high schools seem a little bit better. That might be a real win for you. You know, if yeah. like, oh, man, high school, they get to go bowling. We don't get to go bowling. We have to stick around the church and play Foursquare or whatever. And one day when you get to high school, you get to do that. Though. That's going to be cool. Um, so I think there's some potential there for huge. You know? Agreed. So, yeah, man. But, hey, listen, long story short, a lot of middle school students, if yeah. I can help you in any way. Uh, you know, on this podcast, let me know. Uh, you can just reach out to me, man. And I, if there's anything very specific to middle school, if that's a way I could be a resource to anybody listening, 
And if you want to bounce some ideas off or talk through some things, I'd be happy to help with that, you know? Yeah. Um, it's huge. As we go forward, I'm sure it'll come out from time to time. Yeah, you're the pro. I don't know about that. But, yeah, um, so I, I just love I love hanging out still. It's crazy. So. Yeah. Yeah, and so we, I would say, you know, my fear is a lot of times on this, regardless of the topic, that you've got so many people listening in so many different environments and contexts, right? So it's really Correct. difficult. Yeah. So generally speaking, and I've tried always to be very principle-oriented, which I think we've done today. Yep. Um, so that regardless of your context, you can apply that, you know. So what I don't hear is go and change everything you're doing oh, abruptly. Please don't go change everything abruptly. Like if, if yeah. you're listening to this and you're thinking, man, you're, I need to do more of this. Don't walk in, you know, next week or and just say, hey, we're going to split middle school and high school. That is that is disastrous. That is that is not healthy and yeah. Um, so well, and you will have pushback from parents or regardless, kid, and you yeah. will have pushback from kids. You'll have eighth grade kids that they do not want to be separate from high school. And what are you doing? Why do you hate me so much? That's why you got to go slow with this process, yeah. man. You got to go slow and look for little things and build. And this is when I, and, and let, just to be real clear, very concrete on what I'm saying. When I say over time, I don't mean three months. Yeah, I mean a year or two even. Right. Um. Yeah, work towards it. Slowly working towards, and that means you're going to have to do some long range planning. And you're going to have to start create a culture. You're going to have to paint this vision out for for your leaders and your people, and help them to understand what you're trying to accomplish, and then get them to buy into it, so that you have the support of everybody. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, if they have questions, Twitter's the easiest place, right? Uh, yeah, or just email me, whatever. Okay, so it's Chris at, at the Longer Hall. Yeah, Chris at the Longer Hall or at com. Chris Trent on yeah. the Twitter sphere. Or always on the Facebook page. Yeah. That's course. fine too. Yeah. Um, resource? We're talking about games? Yeah. With middle school specifically. Sure. I'm just a huge fan of equalizer games. Mm. And we've just stumbled across some of them lately that I feel like are excellent. A couple quick ideas. Number one, nine square in the air. Which is like four square, but nine of them and above your head. Yes. We played inside. It's a little pricey. You're going to have to save up for it. Um, maybe somebody listening right now has a connection to the people at nine square in the air. Maybe we could give away. Like That'd a, be awesome. Wouldn't it be amazing? Like somebody get us a free nine square in the air to give away. That'd be awesome. That'd be great. The, if, you're, if you're in charge of nine square in the air and you want some free pub, Licity, we, yeah. we'd, <laughs> we'll toss one your way. Not that I'm giving it already for free anyway because it's awesome. Uh, here's what I like about it, man. It, long story short, the smallest, most unathletic kids in my group can play this. That's me. Yeah. Okay. And so it's an equalizer game. So even the, you know, the strongest, you know, lacrosse, basketball, football player, whatever guys, my daughter, who's in eighth grade can beat them at this game, which I love. I love yeah. those equalizer type games. And the beautiful part is you've got nine people playing at the same time. And then you've got. You know, maybe a, a, a line of six, seven, eight people waiting, but it's a fast-moving game. Another one, carpet ball. Tons of plans on, online. Surely you have a carpenter, builder-type person. You need a wall in your in your room, your youth room, to put this thing in. Um, what could, you know, what could be more fun than to hand a middle school kid a billiard ball? a billiard ball and tell them to throw it. So if you don't yeah. know what carpet ball is, just look it up. It'd be hard to explain. Um, well, we'll, we can put, we'll put a link to some. 
Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, and there's plans. We 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 just we built our own. You know, and put carpet. It's, and so, again, you know, a little bit of pricey there in terms. Not, not it's not that it's pricey. Not bad. We not just got to buy the wood, and then somebody carpet. again, somebody would probably love. I would say build it sturdy though. Yeah, Billy you calls it good. Yeah, ball. but if you got like a builder or somebody in the church, man, he's probably got some wood laying around, or she's you know whatever. Doesn't so um, so that's huge. Um, I think what we just stumbled on uh, last last quick tip would yeah. be um, we just went up to uh, camp. We call it Man Tree. And we took all the middle school guys up there, and they had this game called it's a broom ball, and it's not, yeah. not necessarily anything new. But the funniest thing was the Camp Highland is where we were at, and uh, one of the guys on staff was tasked with ordering brooms for every cabin, and uh, and he found this great deal on twelve brooms, and so he ordered them, uh, and they were going to put these cabin these, these brooms in the cabins, and <laughs> when they came in. Uh, all the brooms were like three feet tall, yeah, and that's why I got such a great deal on it. But so they had to come up with a game, so they just did broom ball, um, where you hand you know six, six guys on one team, six guys on, or girls as well, our guys and girls both play. And uh, we we actually put some color tape, so we'd like six of them are red, six of them are yellow, you know, like on our sticks. So I and I kind of put like I mean this is seventy dollars, but I got like twelve brooms for like seventy bucks. Yeah, so like five bucks a piece, and then a couple collapsible. Soccer goals, cool. and then like a uh, kind of like a uh, dodgeball type ball, hmm. or even one of those like little cheap Walmart yeah. bin balls or whatever you know, and just throw the ball out there. And we we do it inside, and we put like a we use tables to kind of create a uh, like a wall. Yeah, you know? kids are running around getting energy out. It's awesome. Yeah, and it was cheap. So about a hundred bucks. I got twelve people playing at a time. Yeah. It's incredible. I mean, that's... Yeah, that's a big was, thing. So, we so everybody who yeah. listens who lives up north, they, they, they know... Are they laughing at me right now? Because yeah, they of the know Broomball. Broomball's like the thing. Is that huge up there? Oh, yeah. Gosh, I'm such a rookie at this if stuff. If you... if you, Listen... I'm such a newbie, man. Yeah, they need I to... I feel like a total newbie at times with this thing, man. I'm they're going to they're gonna hit you up so hard on Twitter. That's on, fine. I, you know, hey, on listen. Twitter. They're yeah, going to make fun great. of you. Make fun. But, no, my uh, wife's family's all from Minnesota. They talk... It's Broomballs. That's it. I thought they played hockey up there. Like, well, you can't you play about? hockey all the time. There's, I thought it was like icy and snowy up there all the time. No, is that not true? That's up north. <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> I think that's true. I think only thing you know. Uh, all right. Well, there you have it. Middle school. Middle school. Middle school. All you need to know about middle school. Well, there's a ton more, but just look, man, love lot. them. Yeah. Love them. Cool. Starts there. Well, we'll make sure we put links to all this in the show notes page. Uh, on there for you so you can go and find about all these things. Yay, fun. All these game stuff. Again, if you have questions, uh, feel free to reach out to either one of us really, but Chris is the man when it comes to middle school, so he's the guy uh, that I would talk to on that. You can leave comments on the show notes page or you can hit him up on Twitter or you can email him, Chris at the Longer Hall or over on the Facebook. Uh, again, all these links will be on the show notes page, which is at thelongerhall.com slash episode 051. Thelongerhall.com slash episode 051. And, and on 5-2, man, we've got to have a guest. Enough of me. We'll have, have a guest. guest. We're going to have a guest. We'll have a guest. We're not going to tell you who it is yet. It's a good one. Yeah. You should you should listen for sure. Yes, no doubt. So guest coming up on 5-2. Uh, yeah. So until next time, we'll, uh, we'll see you in the next episode, yeah, which man. will be... A mystery guest. Yeah. Until then, because then we'll tell you who it is, because yeah. it'd be weird. Hard to have a guest if you if you don't tell me who it is. No doubt. Yeah. So go play games. Love and appreciate your middle schoolers. Middle school. And uh, until then, give them some Jesus. Jesus.
Thanks for listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast at www.thelongerhall.com.